0: Welcome to Breaking Doctrine, Foxhole Fundamentals, a U.S. Army Combined Arms Center podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official position of the United States Army, the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command, or the Combined Arms Center. Welcome to Breaking Doctrine's Foxhole Fundamentals, a U.S. Army Combined Arms Center podcast series that dials in on the practical application of tactics, techniques, and the Big Ideas in Army Doctrine. Hello, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nikki Dean, and today we're gonna quickly discuss a change to the mission variables, best known by their mnemonic, METTC. As I'm sure everyone is tracking, or at least should be by now, we have a new FM50 planning and orders production. And there's been a small but not insignificant change, the addition of a parentheses I to the variables. The question now stands, why? And how do we use this tool that we've been so familiar with for so long? To answer these questions, I went back to the books and then dragged a fellow doctor and writer, Mr. Mike Flynn, who's been in the podcast previously, along to kind of talk about how this all works a little bit. And Mike is one of the original authors from FM5O, both the new version that we currently have, as well as several versions that have existed previously. And he's held a myriad of different planner positions during his time as an infantry officer in the army, before he came to CAD, and before he came here to C2 Division. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Actually, welcome back.
1: Well, thanks for being here, Nikki. I'm excited about talking about METTCI.
0: So let's talk about the variables first. So that way we kind of have a common understanding of what the variables are and how they are used. Can you give us a quick definition and then also a quick explanation of how you see them being used?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, sort of like the formal definitions, but the mission variables is, is a grouping of categories of information and it's, uh, that information that is most critical to a mission and you use the word mnemonic. And I didn't even know what that word meant till about like 10 years ago when I, when I heard it here in, in, uh, talking with an, an editor. So the mission variables has a mnemonic, which means basically a memory aid, an acronym that serves as a memory aid and the memory aid or the, ac- or the acronym for mission variables is METTC. And, uh, you know, that stands for uh, mission, enemy, terrain and weather, troops and support available, time, and civil considerations. And so this is, these are categories of information um, um, that we use um, to remind us as a memory aid for analysis of any operation. So these are the major categories that we want to think of when we're analyzing, but then also we group them. Uh, we group information in these categories, and, uh, and a perfect example of that is like in an op order. So you can track where MET-TC goes in an op order. Under paragraph one, situation, you got friendly forces, so there's your troops and uh, uh, support available. You've got the enemy under situation, so there's the E. You've got civil considerations in paragraph one, which is situations. There's the C. Paragraph two of the order is the mission statement. There's the M. Which one did I miss? Um, Terrain and weather is paragraph one situation. Um, So we communicate and where's time? So I forgot time there. Time is communicating the op order into coordinating instructions. And, and in that, the operational timeline. So we not only use these things to help us understand the situation in mission analysis of planning, but then also to group information um, and express it in an order.
0: So how long have we had the mission variables as part of our Army Doctrine?
1: So the mnemonic might be new, um, but like you can trace the ideas of what are those important aspects of an operation that you need to consider, You you can trace it way back. You can trace it all the way back to our very first um, doctrinal publication, which was uh, the 1905 Field Service Regulation. And in there, they talked about the commander's estimate of the situation. And there's a discussion in there, what are the important things that the commander does uh, uh, in estimating the situation? And of course, the mission, the enemy, and the terrain at that time was the emphasis so um, I think, Nikki, you did some research. When was the first time we actually codified MET-T? What was that? When was that time frame? So
0: it looks like you're absolutely right. We talked about related factors in FM 100-5. And this was 1968 when I started to find discussions, very pointed discussions, about whether climatology, terrain, governments, and populations, which kind of binned underneath this idea of civil considerations. And then it looked like in 76, 82, and 86 versions of FM 100-5, there was no overt mnemonic use of the mission variables. But yet again, you still have those very consistent conversations and factors that are discussed throughout the text. This idea of the environment of combat, which would include things like weather, climate, the effects of terrain, all of it. There were considerations and planning for operations when a mission was actually designated. And now we begin this whole process of understanding through mission variables. MET-TC really comes into the actual doctrine, the real discussion and and text that we have in 1993's version of FM 100-5. And that's exactly where I found it. And at that point, it was MET-T. And the C gets added as a civil considerations in about 2001's FM 30. Like I said, it's, it's kind of despite the fact that we talk about all these related factors covering government and populations during the entire time since the 60s and the 70s as well, which makes sense based off the experiences that we were having and the conflicts that we were writing about in that era. It makes sense, at least to me anyways.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, when I remember, so most of my career when I was active duty, it was MET-T. And uh, I remember when the C came in, Met T.C. came in in 2001. And uh, I remember kind of scratching my head, what is, this, what is this civil considerations? You know, what are we talking about? Why would we add the C? And, uh, you know, then I started, I came to Doctrine. Um, and I came to Doctrine right about the time when uh, civil consideration was added. But as you were saying, it was kind of some based on some experience. So you think of what was happening in the 90s. Um, after Desert Storm, when we had Somalia and Bosnia and Haiti as a humanitarian assistance operations, a lot of people were talking about this. This factor is very, very, very important that we need, we need to consider, you know, in our operations. And so we added the C. And there was some consternation from the field, you know, at the time, like why are you adding the C. Um, but now, I mean, everyone right now at this time, METTC is is just, you know, it, it's everyone's comfortable with it. Um, so that's interesting, um, adding the C there in 2001.
0: Yeah, I can't but wonder when I was doing that reading and I was unpacking the timeline of how the mnemonic came to be. We were talking about these sort of considerations back then. And I know everybody now keeps saying, well, if we have to go to armed conflict, and the worst case of armed conflict is large scale combat operations, will civil considerations even be a thing anymore? It was a consideration even then when we were talking about airline battle beginning with active defense in 76 and airline battle throughout the 80s. That was still a discussion because we were talking about governments and populations and recognizing how incredibly influential and important that can be on any mission and any echelon.
1: And, and I think we can trace that through just the history of, of our operations as an army. You can go down to World War II and just think about the, the army in Europe that was behind the armies that were fighting and, and the governance associated with that and the civil considerations. I mean, we fight among populations and we've been doing that probably since history. So I think it was a, an important ad.
0: What's the phrase war is an inherently human thing? Well, that's that's populations. So here is one thing that I know is going to get asked. And as a matter of fact, just for some backstory, I dropped a question on my Twitter feed that dealt with do people recognize that since May, we have had this additional parentheses I, but I also asked another joking follow-up. Well, what about Pumizi PT? Those being the operational variables to see you know, how many folks actually recognize the difference between mission and operational variables. So how do operational variables and mission variables work with each other? Do they work at all? What's the difference? Just so we can set that question aside we're, we'll deal with PAMISI PT at another time frame.
1: Sure, so we're gonna come back to uh, the recent add of informational considerations of Met T C and now why we added the parentheses I. So we'll come back to that. But first, as you just said, let's, let's talk about what's the relationship of the operational variables with the mission variables. So just some quick history. So in 2006, Joint Doctrine, JP3O, introduced this idea of an operational environment. It formally introduced that idea and what they did to explain of how to uh, analyze an operational environment and describe it is they did it from a systems perspective and uh, that systems perspective was pamisi um and and help me out here running through it Um, it's
0: political military economic social information infrastructure physical environment and of course
1: time right so those last two things you meant the pt Now, when the Army, so Joint Doctrine did this in 2008, the FM3O edition of of 2008, um, it adopted the operational environment as a thing, um, but we added two variables, physical environment and time, to the other aspects of FAMISI. And so those are the operational variables. So then the question is, what is the relationship? So first you got to start with, okay, what's the difference between what is an operational environment? And so the operational environment, um, and and I'm not going to read the definition verbatim, but it's basically all those conditions and circumstances that bear on a commander's decision. And so it, an OE is not bounded. It's not an AO. It's not a boundary. It, 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 it helps you think through those things inside of your AO and things outside of your AO that could influence your decisions. And that's why the OE came in. So the Army adopted that as well. Um, And basically how we talk about the relationship now between the operational variables and the mission variables is, initially, when you're starting to think about an operation, um, you can think about it through the lens of PAMISI. And those provide some broad understandings of your operational uh, environment. But when you're assigned a mission, so now all of a sudden I actually am told to do something and normally I'm associated with giving me an area in which to do it, I translate that information into the mission variables. And so you're using that information kind of that you may have been studying or a part of, and now we can focus it in onto the mission variables. And that would be TC, and we're adding the I to that. Um, And everything is in relation, those other things, enemy, troops, terrain, time, is in relationship to the mission you were assigned. And so that's that translation happens between the operational mission variables.
0: So real quick, if you're listening and you really wanna know more about how Pamezi PT works, you can go check out how do you analyze an OE and it's specifically in JP. 2-01.3 2-01.3 or if you're on the army side and you want to focus solely on army doctrine you can use atp 2-01.3 both of which cover the idea of preparation of the battlefield and the analytics in that way but now it's time to ask the real question what is an informational consideration as we define it in fm 5-0, which is going to be reinforced by the big book fm30 operations what is an informational consideration, and how can we dig into this and apply it to the mission variables that we use?
1: So, um, the army for some—I t- mean, the army for a long time has recognized um, that information um, is is absolutely valuable um, in everything we do, and and we can probably think of it as it's it's a resource, right? We collect information. We use information to understand. We, we pass information to direct. We use information to inform folks. We actually use information to influence folks too. And it's, and, and, and so that's just on the friendly side. Well, the threat, the adversary or the enemy, needs to do the exact same thing. And so if we can affect the enemy's ability to use, to inform, to collect, there's this struggle, and it's all around this idea of information. And so um, the Army has a long time thought about it, but we're just trying to increase some emphasis. And so the FM3O is going to be produced, and it's going to be talking about a kind of a, a different way to think about the operational, uh, the operational environment by three dimensions, the physical, human, and information dimensions. And that helps you kind of, you know, it helps you understand the OE through those three dimensions. Um, and and so, as an emphasis part, we've added this term. 5O doesn't define it, but FM3O will define the term informational considerations. And I will read this definition, which is the human informational and physical aspects of an operational environment that affect how humans and automated systems uh, derive meaning from, use, act upon, or are impacted by information. So that's that category uh informational considerations that we need to be thinking about from a friendly a neutral and a threat perspective and we're going to have uh you know so 3 so 50 has introduced this 30 is going to introduce the term and then we're actually having a book that we're working on right now which is ADP 313 information advantage which is really going to talk about this in detail so
0: when it comes to the mission variables themselves, what is the benefit of using this parentheses I as a tool to be able to analyze mission, enemy, terrain, and so forth under the lens of information as opposed to making it its own variable or some other technique?
1: So that was a so when we were thinking about this, this was a really big question or answer in our head, is because information is so pervasive, as kind of probably alluded to from what I just talked about, um, if you made it its own variable by itself, it's probably gonna be redundant with the other variables. So for example, under enemy, we wanna understand um, from an informational perspective, what information are they trying to collect? Um, what information are they trying to protect? What are their messages that they are are, are using? Um, what communications ability do they have? Now, that already would have been accounted for in kind of our IPB analysis under enemy. But we, we just added the parentheses because, again, it's a mnemonic. It's an aid. So the parentheses, it's not an independent variable. It's just reminding you, don't forget about thinking about the informational considerations of this. And so then, then when you're thinking about enemy, also, you know, let's really emphasize thinking you know, besides the other aspects of the enemy, the informational considerations. Same thing with the friendly force, same thing for civilian considerations. So under civilian considerations, the mnemonic is A ASCOPE. Uh, I think that's area, structures, capabilities, organization, people, and events. Let's just look at capabilities in this sense. So in, in considering the parentheses I, informational considerations under capabilities, what are some of the civilian communication infrastructure available to us and or to the enemy uh, in communicating. So that's kind of why we, so we're saying it's important that we look at informational considerations. We didn't want to make it it independent in itself because it would be somewhat redundant. That's why it's in parentheses that as you're going through METTC analysis, make sure you're thinking about information through all those variables. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me.
0: I think, whenever I'm asked that question or whenever I ask that question to somebody else on Twitter, is everybody tracking that, You know, hey, we've added an I." I, I confess I got a few respondents that didn't realize that there had been a change. So this is a really great way for us to unpack and to provide a little bit of historical perspective. What else should we think about when we're using the mission variables and we're applying this new technique in considering the I? Is there anything else that new practitioners should think about these days?
1: Yeah, I think so so this is this podcast is breaking doctrine right yeah. so doctrine has some work to do um, so we're, we're gonna refine this idea a little bit more and I talked about how we're gonna uh, refine it um, in some other books but the IPB book you know uh, the ATP 2-0 1.3 I, I but the, the yeah the Intel the the IPB book Um We talked about information uh, advantage, ADP-313 we're working out. So there's several books that kind of need to refine this idea. But I would say a good start right now uh, is in the new FM-50, Army Planning and Orders Production, which we just published. I think it's Annex A, which is the Operational Mission Variables. And inside of that, after we talk about this parentheses I and informational considerations, We actually have a chart of example. It's just a quick reference and examples of how one would look at informational considerations in respect to the mission, in respect to enemy, troops, terrain, et cetera. So that is a very good start folks could could look at um, as we continue to evolve this document.
0: Well, and it wasn't just that. It was also that we proposed a few questions in the book. And I don't want to call it red teaming or a red teaming approach, but we literally asked ourselves, hey... What are some questions that you'd wanna ask yourself or ask throughout the planning process? And those were included as well, much kind of on the same construct as using the mission of variables as an organization tool. So, the content itself is only two pages and it doesn't take too long to read but I think it provides all planners especially the future ones who might be down at the college right now with a great tool to start with and then obviously like with all doctrine providing feedback is a really useful way for us to know if we need to keep writing and keep publishing this way if something needs to change we want to know from the people who are using this process during both planning and for training, and as well as planning at the schoolhouse.
1: I think that should cover it for Doctrine Short.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming. And just as we've said before, definitions of mission and operational variables are established in ADP 101, and this is the Doctrine Primer. That's where we really start to see what those things are, but when it comes down to it, there's a much richer understanding that you can get from other books that are out there. When it comes to putting mission variables and context for Army operations, my first stop is always FM 50 Planning and Orders Production. And Mike is exactly right. It's Appendix A, which provides the excellent set of examples, questions to help commanders and staffs unpack, visualize information, and then also put it into a relationship to MetTC as well as other Army considerations and other Army doctrine. It's available for download right now at the Army Publishing Directorate website. Our production today here at Breaking Doctrine and Voxel Fundamentals is coordinated by Mr. Ted Crisco, and our editing and sound is provided by Captain Wyatt Harper. Voxel Fundamentals is part of a special series of our original Breaking Doctrine podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to Breaking Doctrine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at U.S. Army Doctrine for updates from the Combined Arms Doctrine Directorate finally, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official position of the United States Army, the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command, or the Combined Arms Center. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nikki Dean, and this has been Breaking Doctrines, Foxhole Fundamentals.